Hello everybody and hello everyone. The day has arrived. It's the final of the European Championship 2020 of Drink Championship Tournament Alcohol Football. We've still got to the end of the tournament and haven't quite got our heads around what it's called. But that doesn't no. matter, does it, Tom? It doesn't. It's the finale. Fin- That's finale the final. Um, and no one's happier about this than us. And uh, we, we should say, we should say we should say when we started this endeavour, we thought it'd be a right laugh. It has been a laugh. It's been yeah. a long laugh and yeah. some, also some tears along the way. But we should say a massive thank you to everyone who's who's watched Ben because yes. for all our joking of the tens of people that we occasionally say in our videos, that thousands of you have actually watched. There's been um, there's a little device on social media that allows us to see if people have watched, we checked thousands of through plays. So that means people didn't just click on it and then fuck off. They actually watched it. They followed through. So yes. thousands of you have followed through well watching done. our videos. 90% uh, which, of them it's great. severe mental illness. Of but course. It but doesn't matter. They count. They <laughs> are wonderful people and we thank them. But we also like to thank uh, all the people who nicely sent us some booze. Uh, on request because we would be even poorer than we are had we had to buy all this. But um, this hasn't influenced in any way of uh, the tournament or the uh, the way it's worked out. Um, uh, we we we've been our integrity is intact. I do think, Tom. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep, keep the French English thing going. For that, that is who is in the final. Basically. It's England versus the France. The French. The stinking oh. French. A realistic final, I think. Both teams oh, could it's, conceivably it's make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma- well, maybe not the English, but the French could conceivably have been. Oh, no, here. I think we could. Uh, uh, we, no, I'm, ne- I'm not. I'm neutral. I uh, think England have a very good chance when it comes to the football next year, should the mm. tournament go ahead. I think that they'll do very well. Mm, yeah, yeah. So there we go. They've done well in our final, in our, yes. in our competition. So here they are. Um, shall we reveal what each of them have bought to the, the final? Le table. Le table. Uh, le Francais. The f- French. What have they brought? They bought oui. champagne. They brought out the big guns. Champagne! As the boys might say. Uh, and there we go. And the English. And what, 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 what champagne is it? We should probably oh, say it's what it is. T- 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 Tattinger. No, it's a. Interestingly, on the bottle, you might see there is a a knight not dissimilar to St. George. Well, I want to come back to that, Tom. Because um, there's some sense of foreboding some, there, isn't there? For the there's French some Franco Anglais <laughs> thing stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and and they're up against Plymouth Gin. We haven't had a gin so far from the English, and they brought it out in the final because we are in the midst, Tom. Don't say We are, but we've gone for something with, as you'll discover viewers extraordinary heritage perhaps yes. one of the world's great gins uh and it really is a proper gin that's going right. to take on mm. le champagne so, le champagne. so uh, gin v champagne very nice uh, match up 
for our final. Yes. I think okay. we'll start champagne, shall we? Should we get? Yeah. Should we kick off? Crack open. Well, I've already pulled mine. Okay. Good. I know for that's you. my um. Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, I just put my you've pulled champagne. some cheap Audi stuff. No, 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 so no. You can keep no. your tassage. No, no, no. I pulled day. it. No. Hang on. Uh, oh. Shit, a brick. You're right. <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Continue. Wowzers. Well, yeah, was, I was uh, going to say. Was, I mean, I've... that was a big one. Uh, I didn't expect it to go off just quite like that, Ben. In your hands, <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I thought I was being premature, but yeah, turns out. Uh, crikey, that is. Uh, it went everywhere. Oh, yeah, it did. Uh, <laughs> it went everywhere. <laughs> Uh, but we survive, and uh, well, how appropriate that it should go off like that. Um, yes. Let's pour some. Let's pour some. Well, I've uh, poured myself my one into a <laughs> into a baby sham glass. A coupe. Right. I'm going to get my picture of France up. Uh, who have we got today? We've got there uh, are for for starters. Look, he's mm-hmm. dropping some. Claims to drink four or five bottles of red a day. He said. Oh, really? Ah. Yeah. Irresponsible uh, drinking. Sorry, my computer's covered in champagne, Ben. Is it going Just bear with me a second. Go crazy. Uh, oh, la vache. Um, so tell us about oh, Tatajou. I'm sorting what you're doing, my... It looks very dodgy. <laughs> uh, tell me about Tatajou while I sort out my computer. Well, okay. Well, I'm glad you asked, Tom, because Tatajou dates back to 1734 when a man called uh, Jacques Fourneau, he founded yeah. a champagne house named Forest Fourneau, um, and he worked with some Benedictine monks who told him all about how to make sparkling wine and that. But by the 1930s, he was hit by a triple whammy, un de trois, uh, prohibition, uh, Great Depression, First World War, and that fucked up Jack and his Forno Forest business. And it was bought by a wine merchant in 1932 called Pierre Tintagier. And he bought the estate, and with it, with the wine estate, came a very fancy 18th century, that's the 1700s to us, uh, Chateau de la Marcarterie. Uh, like which is the the, um, uh, the monk's original vineyards. Uh, um, and weirdly, he'd been in the first, whilst he was in the First World War, he got injured, probably in the back, running away. <laughs> uh, he got run, and then he, he uh, was stationed at, up in Champagne, and he said to himself, whilst he was um, doing war stuff, that he was going to buy this gaff. And he went, and he, and he did. Um, and he, he won a medal, uh, Legion d'honneur, which basically means uh, it's, it's, it's tallest door of competition, really, in the French army. But anyway, um, we've not, we've one of the things people don't know is how to pronounce it, but we've sorted that out. Yeah. Uh, it's one of Champagne's largest producers. How many bottles of champagne do you think are produced annually across Lots. the board? 300 Lots. million. 300 Lots. million. Uh, and um, Tatangier, they reckon about between five and six million bottles a year. Um, yeah. And this is a beautiful, this is their kind of main label. 
We've got the Brute non-vintage, haven't we? That's yep. why I'm doing the Brute Reserve. It's 40% Chardonnay, 35% Pinot Noir, and 25% Pinot Meunier. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, in terms of uh, whether it should be competing in the final champagne and, and how it will go head-to-head with the, the, the Plymouth, I'd say just a few words on their production. Uh, when it comes to making champagne, they have to carefully pick their grapes between August and October. The juice is put in a tank and it's fermented, and then yeah. you uh, have something called assemblage, assemblage. in the spring. Uh, where they start to blend still wines like those Pinot Noirs and Pinot Blancs and Chardonnays. They have a second fermentation where yeast is added. And this is where we start to get the bubbles come in, the, the carbon dioxide. Then it's put into the cellar for riddling. Uh, Riddler. Riddle me Riddler this. Comes in. How many bottles, how many bottles do you reckon around. in a, a 750 bottle? How many bottles? How many bottles? Many. Bottle of champagne? Many. No. A million? A me- I said many. Many, no, no, no. Well, let's have a guess. Blue, bub, boobles. Beaucoup de boobles. Uh, uh, 200,000. 49 million. 49 million. I um, tried to keep and it you know, low, a so standard size glass of champagne emits 30 bubbles every second. Mm. Yep. Well, once they've got some bubbles, they have to get them some of the dead yeast out. Um, so they've got their riddling where the, the, the bottles are moved and then the disgorgement, disgorgement, uh, uh, disgorging, where they take out, uh, they turn the champagne bottle is uh, kept upside down while the neck is frozen. So it's like a plug. And then a they, plug. Like a bit like a butt plug, yeah. And then they pull it out, but instead of something going in, um, out comes out. all the dead out. bits. It's just more like a plug before you, if you've got diarrhea. It's nothing maybe. like a butt plug. No, well, if you had diarrhea and you used the butt plug to keep it in, then you took the butt plug out and all the bad stuff came out. I suppose that's how you'd use the butt plug in that in that, in that yes. scenario. Um, anyway, so, uh, and they also have a dosage, don't they, Ben, where they put some, um, some brandy sugar in there. That's all a bit, it's kept a bit secret. Oh, how I much? thought it was a bit of yeast. Did I put yeast in there? Oh, no, um, no, so it had a bit of s- s- sugar to it. So we don't know how much they put in, uh, in this. Uh, yeah. uh, the terroir is important as well, because when it comes yep. to production, the Champagne region is very proud of its terroir. Um, and it's got quite a unique terroir um, in terms of the, the climate. It's, got a, it's on a northerly latitude. It's got a, something called a dual climate. Um, subject to oceanic and continental influence alike, uh, a geographical location at one of the northernmost limits of vine cultivation. And the northerly location means it's a cold climate and harsh weather conditions. Wait, 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 hang on. Is it cold? Is it... No, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay. It's got an oceanic influence, yep. which brings steady rainfall. Yep. It's got continental influence, which ensures ideal levels of sunlight in the summer, but also brings often devastating winter frosts the average temperature is 11 degrees c uh there's an average annual sunshine of 1680 so what we can glean from all this ben is Mm -hmm. as you suspected (laughs) as i think you were going to suggest they have yeah wait for it wait a minute cold frosty winters what and warm sunny summers. This is a fucking bombshell. I mean, the world of of wine. Wait production. a minute. 
So it's very, very similar to all the other vineyards. All, all of them seem to have cold well. winters. Grapes seem to grow in a similar climate to most temperate plants. <laughs> <laughs> so I would suggest that with their, their, these gorgements, yeah, they do plenty of other uh, stuff. Well, but. it's quite interesting that, um, well, you can be the judge of that watcher, viewer. Um, they recently, uh, back in 2015, they brought up loads of um, vineyards in the Kent countryside. And I've started, and they, they, because they, apparently the chalky soil um, is, is conducive to growing similar grapes. And they yes. did just, they've done the same in California as well. Um, and did you know that Rath Reims, as it's Reims, spelled, yeah. Rath, how it's pronounced, is twinned with Canterbury, which is in Kent. And do you know who twinned them? Your mum? Nope, she was busy. Pierre Tatanger's dad. Oh. No, no, his dad. Whoever oh. the, the Tatanger man in charge now, his right. old man did. Right. When he okay. was there. So that's wow. interesting. It, um, that is interesting. It has got a good history. It dates back to, I think you said, while I was cleaning up the um, champagne from my computer, that it dates back to 1773. Which is the same uh, year. Well, actually, I've got. Wait a minute. Wait a well, minute. Well, that's when they were. That's Jacques Fourneau who worked with the Benedictine. Seventeen thirty-four. I've got. Well, seventeen seventy-three was when they 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 created the house when he worked with the Benedictine monks. So a bit of monkey business. I've got oh, also. Okay. That was the same year as the Boston Tea Party. Just to give it some wider historical context. So got a few dates knocking around there. Yeah. You know, it depends which Wikipedia site you go on. I guess. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, but it's changed hand a bit, but today it is family run, which is quite a nice thought. I'd say yes. that's probably a bit of a bit of a sneaky um overhead goal from Zidane there being family run. Um but of course it does depend on your family whether that's a good thing or not. But um but that's it's pretty good. And I think Tassanger is also respected because it manages to balance uh, thirty-five crew. Huh. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, tell you what though, hang we, on. Have we actually done it's also it? aged, um, it's aged in a very particular way. This ages, it's Comte de Champagne and Comte de Champagne Rosé wines in Crayer, C-R-A-Y-E-R-E-S. And they are, that's a, a like a four kilometre, two and a half mile uh, underground network of chalk caves. It was originally dug out by the uh, Romans. And apparently, caves provide the perfect conditions for cellaring sparkling wines such as this. Well, there are only—I think there are only oh. three that actually do that. Five, five, Tom. Champagne. Five. five. Yeah, I, five I mean, I have actually been to this region, and I have stayed here. And my wife and I actually had a picnic uh, in the Bollinger uh, vineyards, uh, and and we went at a time just before harvest, so it was, it was really dead there. So we decided to have an alfresco picnic then and uh, really? i set up a rug and Did got you? a bottle of champers from the oh, nearest yeah. house and uh we feeling a bit fruity um yeah. but you know decided like normal people that uh while in public perhaps we should go back to our delightful bed and breakfast um and as we were clearing up i did notice a used condom uh right next to the picnic which wasn't ours just evidence that some other fucker. No, it's the French letter, isn't it? Because mm. they are. It was. It was just packed full of 
juicy information as far as I could tell as well. <laughs> uh, that, that particular letter. So how distasteful of... Talking of having sex uh, in outrageous places, James Bond. Uh, this was his favourite champagne, uh, in the books at least, because Bollinger was mm-hmm. in the film. And that appears in well, in Casino film. Royale, in the book, he described it as the best champagne in the he world. Did. He but did. But I don't know whether it is or not. Shall we be the judge? I've I... had, as well as pouring a lot on me, I've had quite a lot of it to drink now. In my Vera Wang champagne flute. Apparently, champagne flutes are not necessarily the best way to drink mm. the champagne, though. Mm. Um, if you want the toasty mm. notes, you need a wider glass. But I have to say, that is smooth, isn't it? That's creamy almost. It's creamy. De la creme. Oh, creme de la creme. So, <laughs> Talking of that uh, alfresco picnic, I taste, it's creamy. I taste du bois, du boom. I've got a bit of du pain du, in du my vin. du vin. Du Borsa. No Borsa. No Borsa. No Borsa. Uh, it's good. And there's the man, now, Zinedine Zidane, drinking his after yep. winning because the French know how to celebrate and champagne is often the drink of success. Yes. Very phallic, I find. Uh, Formula One. They yeah. spray it all over each other. It's basically yeah. them saying, I've got the, you know. The fastest car on the... I've got, the, I've got the biggest car in the uh, in the paddock. Mm. Know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So um, it's good. I like it. All right. I could drink several bottles of that. I'd say they're three nil up. Really? So three nil up, based on no real logic to no. how this competition works. But let's I mean, move if on. We were, if we'd done this proper, if we were to do this again, <laughs> and we will not be we, doing that. We, we shan't. We shan't be doing now. that. Um, put my neck on the line and say if I'm we were go, if again. we were to do this again mm. we would have a bit to and fro we'd say what, a bit about the champagne a bit about the gin and yeah we'd do that all the way through the well, rounds but we, we can we can still compare like for like okay um, go on we, then. we could start with a history we went through the history on the champagne, champagne. So let's start with the history of gin or the, at least the history of Plymouth uh, because mm. this was made on a site that was originally uh a monastery. It was built in 1431. You've got to change, You've got to change your, your background. Oh, yeah. Uh, Plymouth. So let's have that one, because I'm talking about the monk, monkey, monkey business again. I've got gin lamb. Um, and there is a monk on the bottle, as you can see there. And what's the significance of the monk, Ben? You can. Well, the significance of the monk, um, everyone, is that when it reaches the bottom, when the level of gin reaches the bottom, the, 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 his little feet there, I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? No, it's very difficult here. No, uh, just there. To... Oh, 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 there. There. It's time to get a new bottle. Yeah. That's why I put it there. Because yeah. it's just enough for, a, I think, a double G&T, something like that, isn't it? Depends on how much you drink, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's enough if you live near a supermarket. And it was, uh, the building was built in 1430. 31, but also in 1620, some of the Pilgrim Fathers, before they set sail on the Mayflower ship, mm-hmm. are believed to have had a drink on the location where the distillery is now. And the Mayflower sure and the Pilgrims history. bring additional history, don't they, Ben? They are. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Um, in the past. There was a. Yes, I mean, uh, if we're going to. Rev- yes. Uh, John Howland was one. There was a man who went on the Mayflower. 
he fell overboard during a storm, but he hung onto this on, onto a rope, and they managed to pull him in, and he very very nearly died, and he they brought him up, and he he survived. He made it to America, and his descendants include Franklin D. Roosevelt, who ended prohibition right. and celebrated right. with a gin martini made from Plymouth. Funny enough, uh, other descendants of this man included George Bush. George W. Bush, okay, not so good, and Humphrey Bogart, who uttered the most famous gin-inspired line in, in cinema history. So it all came together. And where do you think nice. he was buried when he died? Tell us, Ben. Plymouth, that Massachusetts, though, in Massachusetts. Still. Still. It would be we'll named after the Plymouth, England. So... Exactly. Uh, they started making the gin here in 1793, uh, which makes it the oldest continuously working distillery in the country. Um, so it has pure gold heritage. It's actually a style of gin as well as a brand. Plymouth Gin is a style of gin that survived after the horrors of the gin uh, craze, as pictured behind Ben. When yeah, people were this is Hogarth Gin Lane. Everyone's probably seen this. Uh, yeah. There's Mother, G- uh, Mother Ruin. Is that her name? Uh, uh, I can't remember her name actually. She had a name, is it? Uh, yeah, uh, I can't yeah, remember she, her name. She, well, she, she was, yeah, she, she. The main she, thing going on there is she dropped her baby down a down some stair into a stairwell of a gin yeah. shop. And one thing that artistic historians have noticed is that Hogarth was sheer drawing babies because you can see it's fucking massive compared to the rest of the people in there. Um, and then in the background, basically everyone in the picture is dying from gin. Uh, there's a bloke there with a spear. He speared a baby. Uh, all the buildings are falling down because all the builders drank gin, not splush. Uh, there's that, uh, that guy. Where is it? That guy there is fighting over a bone of a dog because he had too much gin. Uh, that mm. person there is in a coffin, too much gin. Basically, gin was in a was causing a whole load of havoc, wasn't it? It was, but but that was up until the 1750s, and then out of that came some improved production methods, and then it's not all bad. Uh, gins styles of gin regionally emerged. Plymouth is one of the few surviving styles of gin uh, that's connected directly to the region, um, and it's uh, and and went on to have a, a heroic history. In fact, it was a big part of the naval culture. Uh, the navy, the, the British Navy, were buying more uh, Plymouth gin than anyone else. Um, and there are, very few, there are very few. Down well with salty semen, I find. So absolutely, there are very few uh, 18th century gins left in the world. A lot of people claim to be based on recipes uh, from that era, but um, the you know the idea that this is this is the authentic uh, gear that was made as it was made. Uh, pretty much back then and they've had all the ideas over those centuries as well people launching newfangled fruit gins at the moment um they were doing that at plymouth in the 60s and 70s with orange and lemon, lemon gins proving that's no particular real thing so um they've got real heritage production they also make this gin really well um the gin so to, to compare it directly to the champagne has many different botanicals that have to grow in lots of different terroirs uh, with actually very different climates. Uh, some of them just really hot and some of them also hot in the summer and cold, cold in the winter. In the winter. Um, and in Plymouth, the botanicals have got the juniper, juniper, good, good, love juniper, coriander, mm. angelica, orris root, dried lemon and sweet orange peel. All the classics. Classics. Classic. Um, the distillation no method kumquats. is... No, 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 no stupid star fruit, nonsense. petals, no 
things that don't really taste of anything, just yep. chucked in for some marketing value. No, this is a proper traditional gin. Uh, distillation method is is um, based on a 7,000 litre copper pot still. So that's nice, nice and traditional. Same distillery kit they've been using for over 150 years. Um, and so I'd say that actually puts that above the French. So if it was 3-0, I'd say their heritage well, is, makes it 3-1. Uh, I mean, the other thing, other things to go with it to in its favour is that um, they're they're very much behind the revival of the pink gin cocktail, which is what I'm drinking well, now. Yeah, I think if we're going to do cocktails, we should do a head to head with the cocktails um, because the champagne cocktail, to be fair to the champagne guys, is one of the oldest cocktails in the world, dating yeah. back to the mid 1800s. Um, and that's French seventy five, named after yeah. a gun. Yeah, that they um, fired. And so that's a good cocktail. We've also got the porn star martini for a more modern day champagne cocktail. Um, so champagne cocktails has got, got, got a bit of a goal in back of the net there, but then and the, the gym gym martini, martini. Oh, the gym martini, the martini then, lunch. Yeah. The only way to get out of this mess. Yeah. You find ourselves in. Um, and the pink gin, the pink gin <clears throat> cocktail. When there's None so this... much, so many nonsense pink gins knocking around. Don't have pink gin. Have a pink gin cocktail. Yeah, real men drink pink Plymouth, and I think that's as I can prove Yeah, yeah, and that, and that would just be your, your Plymouth gin with a dash of uh, Angostura bitter and stirred over ice, and that is a fantastic simple good for drink. Your belly, good for your tummy. Dog. Yes, which is why the Navy were drinking it, isn't it? Yeah, to, to cure tummy trouble. And I think the fact that in the 1920s uh, Savoy cocktail book, which is sort of still held up by bartenders, as one of the the, the monumental tones oh, yeah, of cocktail, always on my cocktail history. Yeah. Plymouth Gin was the most named brand in there, so it was very important in terms of gin cocktail yes, it's good. And also, let's not forget that Mr. Ben, the oh, cartoon yeah. was invented in Plymouth. Yeah, and there yeah. is Mr. Ben. There he is. And what's happening here in my picture? He's being surprised by a member of staff while he's in the changing room. <laughs> and he's in, the, in there with a dog. Hmm. <laughs> Strange, Mr. Ben, aren't you funny? Aren't you a funny one? Not, um, only, I think there's only seven episodes of Mr. Ben. Do you know that? Something like that? I have many of the books, uh, uh, but not as many as seven. Uh, um, brilliant, brilliant stories. stories. Yeah. Uh, you should just choose a, choose a profession, stick to it. Just mucking um, about dressing up in stupid, <laughs> stupid outfits, Ben, isn't it? Yeah. And we all know that is no way for responsible adults. No. Other crazy. things invented in uh, Plymouth, the pill, contraceptive pill. That was a big one. Um, my One of my mates from school, his dad was a very prominent artist there, uh, Robert, Robert Lenkovich. Uh, check out his work, where he right. is posthumously uh, very well respected. Um, Lewis Pugh, the endurance swimmer who can right. literally change his body temperature just using his mind by two degrees. He was born there. And then, of course, you've got the trunky, those little kiddie suitcases that um, are, are coming very, very useful when you go on holiday with the, with the toddlers. Okay. So, um, there we go, Plymouth and Plymouth gin. And I'm drinking my gin out of a glass that was designed for with Desmond Payne. So it's got perfect lip for smelling and appreciating this gin. Sean Harrison, the distiller, would suggest when you drink a gin, you yes. hold your nose like that, take a sip, keep it in your mouth, but open your nose, and allow all those botanical ar 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 aromatics to come to life because our nose is a 
so important. Ninety percent of what you're tasting is coming from your sense of smell. You know why he does that? Because I've done the tasting down there with with him, and what is very it's very good because not only does it tell you how many aromatics are in Plymouth, but when they they have a blind tasting of a lot of other gins, and what you realise is that right by holding your nose, you realise how tasteless some of the other gins on the market are. That's also. Me. Also, it's a good it's a good practice when you're in France. Just yes, you because God, they stink, don't they? Stinky, stinky French. Right, I think that that is. It went to penalties, but the, the Plymouth Gin has just been knocking them in. It's five nil penalties. Uh, when we compare all that heritage and the cocktail, I don't know. I don't think they should win on penalties because that sort of cheapens it. I Let's think say uh, they spank them five two. Then I think five two. <laughs> well, they're three in the last three. So. Five three, three, yeah. yeah. Let's, just, Let's not forget about the uh, actual score. When yeah, we five three. Five three. The England okay. football's come home. Who would have thought it? I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that decision. Um, and England. It, well it also, done, everybody. It also matches the spreadsheet exactly. It so, does. <laughs> <laughs> we've done. We've done a great job of seeing oh, how the tournament panned out, and it's finished, folks. And yeah. no one, no one should be happier about that. Uh, than, than you, you. <laughs> I am absolutely covered in champagne, Ben. Uh, so well, I might go and have a nice long bath. Well, Sh- bath. did you know Marilyn Monroe had a champagne bath? Um, yes. uh, she had a bath and How many bottles uh, did it? Do you think it took to fill up her tub? Stop it! That's not a euphemism. Many. <laughs> Three hundred and fifty <laughs> bottles. If I say if I say a thousand, I'll ruin your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. Thanks. Many. Was well good. done, uh, well done, the French. Well done, the French. More well done, the English. Uh, it's been a cracking tournament. Thank you very much for watching. Yeah. Uh, tell all your friends, and uh, if you want to continue hearing us talk about drink, uh, please go to our podcast around the world in eighty drinks. Where we talk about some of this stuff and loads of other stuff. Uh, yeah. All about drinks around the world. So, uh, so thank you for watching. Thank you. Yes. For, thank you for being a friend. Um, uh, be careful uh, out there the virus is still around mm. wash your hands spread the word not the virus yeah wear there a we mask go. unless you're drinking bye well done well done bye bye everyone love you bye <laughs>